This week, the Packet Pushers Priority Queue comes to you from the Aruba Atmosphere 2016 conference. Aruba is best known as a wireless company and not a small one either. In the keynote we heard this morning, Aruba hit their long-stated goal of a $1 billion run rate. And perhaps that helped set the stage for why HP Enterprise bought them. Oh yes, in case you missed the press in recent months, Aruba is an HPE company. Which brings us to today's sponsored show with Aruba. What's on the roadmap for both Aruba and HPE networking product lines? It's not as simple as HPE networking gets a new wireless product line. There's policy and management tools to consider. There's some switching and wireless product overlap. Not everything could survive. And how will the partner and customer relationships be affected? I am Ethan Banks, and with me is Greg Farrell, your regular Packet Pushers podcast show host. You can follow the show at Packet Pushers or on the web at PacketPushers.net. And joining us today is Michael Dickman, VP of Product Management. Michael, welcome to Packet Pushers, and please introduce yourself to the Packet Pushers audience. Thanks. appreciate the opportunity. I'm Michael Dickman. I lead product management for campus and branch networking. So that includes campus switching, routing, small business. Uh, and used to include, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, the HP Wireless. Uh, but then I co-led the integration with Aruba on the wireless side and how we're working very closely together in campus moving forward. So some of our audience would call that real networking. So sometimes we spend a lot of time in packet pushes looking into the future. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about is what a lot of the a large volume of the market is actually, actually really doing. That's right. Campus networking, you know, wireless in the campus. That traditional networking market that we've had is com- compared to this new stuff, which we're talking about here, which is you know, mobility and wireless and transformation and the road right. to the cloud and what some people write and say, that's not what I do every day. Why don't you talk about this <laughs> real stuff? So that's really where you're at. Yeah, I think that's right. Although I'd characterize it as uh, it's where we're at and also caring about where we're going. So we definitely see what we're doing today as tying into how to deliver today successfully mm-hmm. and effectively. But truthfully, there are changes that are happening. And we're trying to plan for those and the way we're building uh, the, quote, normal or real networking products yep. and how that ties to all the software. So it's been about a year since Aruba came on board. There was the, And I guess the thing to point out here is that Aruba is the name of the networking division, I guess. That's right. So Aruba is a HPE company. The brand Aruba will remain. It's not dying away. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think as you guys probably heard today, Dom Orr talked about biggest small company. Mm. And that's something that all of us are really very happy to embrace. So uh, the leadership, as you probably know, uh, most of the key positions are actually from from Aruba. So Dominic mm. Orr, former CEO, is now president of Aruba, an HPE mm. company. Yep. Uh, and he's responsible for the whole, the whole thing, from wired to wireless, from campus to data center, everything. Uh, Kirti, co-founder uh, of Aruba, is the head of development and engineering for everything. Again, data center, campus, wired wireless, the whole thing. And and frankly, we're just really happy to have clear, strong leadership across the whole area. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of the Aruba brand, what I think it stands for, for a lot of people, is mobility, definitely, mm-hmm. but also agility, entrepreneurship, you know, getting out there and really making things happen. Mm-hmm. And that ties into, I think, HPE's broader transformation, and we're, you know, frankly, really excited well, about and that. And the other thing, of course, is in the last 12 months, we've seen HP split into two companies. And, That's right, yeah. You know, that, that focusing, like while other companies are getting bigger and adding things together, you know, EMC, Dell, yeah. Cisco suddenly yeah. adding in, you know, business units and buying up companies left, right and center and yep. working out which part's going to which business unit is getting confusing. HP is actually narrowing down and focusing in on the enterprise market, I thought. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And networking is becoming a bigger pillar within a smaller scope, to your point. Mm. So the scope is enterprise, 100%. Mm. And within that enterprise scope, networking is going to become a bigger and bigger and more important piece of that, driven by, you could say, the Aruba focus on you know, customer first, customer last, and, and transformational solutions. 
Michael, you mentioned that uh, a lot of the leadership now for HP networking is coming from Aruba. That's right, yeah. Okay. So what does that mean for, say, the switching line? You know, a lot of people that listen to the show very familiar with switching, sure. and very familiar with HP, who has talked about uh, their switches on the show before, and there's a lot of them, a lot of different product yeah. lines. Now, Aruba's got their switches, too. Do these product lines merge? Do some products go away? Sure. So I'm, so I'm actually from the HP side uh, beforehand, and I am responsible for switching. So that's very near and dear to my heart in yeah. terms of success and continuity there. So the, the short version is this is one of those acquisitions that we don't get a lot of questions around why we did it. So the GoForward wireless portfolio is the Aruba wireless. Mm-hmm. And the GoForward switching portfolio is the HP switching portfolio. So that's, so that's the, the short answer. Fl- now, there's a couple of different... Yeah, I can I can go into the okay, details great. if yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So three wired lines are coming in. Aruba had a mobility access switch. HP had two main lines, and it, you know, depending on who you are, you might call it ProCurve, ProVision based. But mm-hmm. there was that line, right? And then there's the Comware based line, which uh, we're calling Flex Network. Again, that brand's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Both of those lines will actually be continuing. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what you would have known or been able to purchase from HPE in the past, that continues. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing that's new and different is on the ProVision OS-based products, we're doing a lot. And so maybe I'll just take a minute to go mm-hmm. over what that is. The first is the feature velocity on that OS is dramatically accelerating. So I'm not sure exactly what the number of features per release was, but it's it's gone up uh I don't know, fivefold perhaps mm-hmm. in the last year. You know, kind of classic uh, switching features and a lot of pieces coming in there. We're also now with Aruba doing integration in five different tracks with Aruba software. So specifically, Aruba Airwave will be managing and monitoring the switches mm-hmm. deeper than was done in the past. Meaning if my switch is running ProVision, I have deeper integration with my Aruba wireless infrastructure now. Well, I'll go over that actually in a moment because that's also true. But what I meant by the Airwave piece is that you can... Um, push down configs via template. You can do running config updates. You can get deeper monitoring. Okay. You'll be able to do end-to-end troubleshooting in a deeper way than you are today through Airwave. Uh, and so that's the first one, is actually just Airwave into those switches. Now, what you were just alluding to is also happening, which is kind of better together with Aruba Wireless directly. And so those are things that for uh, customers who did look at Aruba's mobility access switch, that would have existed there. Things like if I connect an access point to a switch, well, shouldn't the switch know that's an access point? Right. And if it does, maybe it can automatically drop it into the right VLAN, give it the right QoS markings, give it the right PoE priority. That sounds a bit like the old voice VLANs. If it automatically detects the phone, it yeah. starts to do some self-configuration or... It's not self-configuration, but, you know, obvious configuration. Yeah, very analogous. Yeah. yeah, and I would say, yeah, I wouldn't mm. say, like you're alluding to, it's not rocket science necessarily, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's actually quite useful yeah. <laughs> to know yeah. for yeah. sure that it's in the right VLAN all the time. Mm. Uh, there's another example I can throw out there, which is, let's say, uh, an access point, a uh, wireless access point detects a rogue AP. So what happens today when that happens? I mean, you guys, you said you have a lot of experience here. It, it'll trigger a service ticket. Like, hey, there's a problem. There's a rogue AP. Yep. Someone go check that out. Yep. And that's basically what the network will do. Well, what we can do moving forward is actually have the switch, and again, only if the customer is comfortable by policy, hmm. but the switch could immediately quarantine that access point. It could shut it off. Or it can, you know, yeah. So what you're the saying there is, trigger. if somebody brings in a, a Wi-Fi access point from home, you know, drops down to the the local electronics store mm-hmm. and picks up a forty dollars and then plugs it in right to the thing, then your there are features in the Aruba Wi-Fi infrastructure to do rogue AP detection. Right. Absolutely. And then the way it works is it actually starts to establish a, a level of escalation. There's a point infrastructure. There are types of rogue APs that might be in the office next door. Well, that gets a score of five. 
But if you can see the the rogue AP come up and then you can ping it on your LAN. Yeah, if you know you, it's there on your own switch. So then it's something that you actually got to take out. So you've got, right. to be, you've got to have some intelligence behind That's it. That's right. But it's again, we're talking about, about a roadmap feature. We're not talking about, you know, today this is here, but this is coming. Well, the examples I'm giving are actually largely here today. So okay. there will be a handful of things that will still to, still to come, but a lot of these are actually here today. Yep. Uh, because we've been moving very quickly, so we've been together Again, with, nine with months. the provision. With the provision, yeah. And so, so that, but the, I think the thing to, uh, that I always want to take away from this is the provision remains campus edge networking, branch networking centric as a product line. Yes. In the same way that other vendors have business units dedicated to campus branch remote access networking. Yes. You will have a similar sort of a model conceptually. That's right. And then you have another set of switches, and we'll talk more about flex. Uh, you know, FlexNet in a bit that are data center centric or... Well, let me come to that one in yeah. a bit because mm-hmm. actually um, we're trying to give customers choice. So let me mm-hmm. come to that one in a bit. I think the other thing I should probably mention now is the ProVision OS, we are actually because of all these points of integration and I still have a couple more I got to I gotta <laughs> go over. Uh, we're actually, we, we are rebranding those to be called Aruba switches. And so these will be like the 2920 if there are those mm-hmm. who know and love HP networking is now the Aruba 2920. Mm. So oh. same J number if you wanted to order it, same OS in terms of the way you interact with it, but now it's painted black with an orange logo on top <laughs> instead of gray with a you know blue logo on top. Mm. So to some extent, it's kind of the same thing repainted from mm. an ease of ordering and comfort and familiarity perspective, mm-hmm. but because of all these integrations that we're doing and really driving that focus on mobility and mobile first, mm. we are doing a lot of actions to tie the switch. And so we're going to have it be as simple as possible from a branding perspective. Yeah. That, you know, if you're interested in this mobile first world, then Aruba is the right, the right place to go. That's where we'll put our investment. Aruba okay. switching, It comes back Aruba to this wireless. thing where there's, it's very difficult to innovate in the campus land because there's not much new that we can do to make it exciting because all the activity is going on in wireless, oh. you know, to a large extent. Right? Yeah, you, so... You know, um, I mean, just to, play, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, sure, yeah. right, is mm. the LAN is the local area network, mm. right? And so who says that that's wired and that wireless is different? Yes. And oh, sorry, you, I'm more focusing on the technological No, I know you, yeah. what you meant by but campus yeah, LAN is wired about switching. The side. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about uh, IoT coming in, mm. should we assume IoT is always wireless? Well, no. So IoT is going to be coming in and you're going to have some devices that are wired and some that are wireless and some that are Wi-Fi and some that are Zigbee and some, some are Ethernet and, and some, some aren't and some need power and some don't. Mm-hmm. So what, what we are seeing with this combination of mobility and IoT is that the network overall needs to kind of abstract a little bit of a level up mm. uh, when you move forward. And that's where uh, like the airwave piece I talked about is useful because we think end-to-end troubleshooting is more and more important. Versus, oh, I'm going to troubleshoot wireless. And then in some other day with some other problem, I'm going to troubleshoot wired. Mm. You know, we don't see that as necessarily the best way moving forward. It's really troubleshoot end-to-end. And then the IoT example, we're going to be doing device profiling and ClearPass for more IoT devices moving forward. And again, some of those are going to be wired, some wireless. But the question is, what, who gets to access what? You know, what is the right access rights to give these devices? And some of those are wired or wireless. And so that's another example of where, you know, if you look at traditional switching, I'd actually agree with you. Mm. You know, maybe not a ton of, you know, new cool features that everybody absolutely needs to switch mm. packets even more efficiently. Mm. But if you look at what's happening in the environment with IoT and mobile and what's happening with security and other threats, then to tie things together better, we do see a lot of innovation. 
Now, there was mention in the keynote this morning of OpenSwitch. Now, does that tie into yeah. any of this discussion? So OpenSwitch, I, I can come to as well. That uh, initially is going to be real focused in the data center. Mm-hmm. In the data center, we see some different dynamics. I think in the campus, what we hear is, I want things to work. <laughs> I want to be able to have end-to-end troubleshooting and visibility. I got all these concerns. And I really want to make sure that I have an integrated stack that is validated and works. And the one feature you didn't mention there was security. So yeah. Really, the campus... You know, this wired, wireless, this whole mobility thing. Because once you go wireless, then it's suddenly off-campus too. Mm-hmm. But mobility doesn't just say mobility within my campus That's or within right. my branches. That's right. It's also a workday extension, people going home. That's right. Working wherever they are, customer site on, you know, wherever it is. Yeah. And this is where ClearPass is quite interesting. Absolutely. Because it does security down, doesn't just regard security as on the Wi-Fi or on the wired network, it's also in the... Device, so it's MDM as well. Yeah, that's to an, right. To, in terms a, to of a lesser how, or greater degree. But how I would yep. link to that. And I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. One of the customers who joined Don Moore's keynote today, I believe mm-hmm. he said, I can't remember the phrasing, it was something like, we realize security is policy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, author policy, inspect traffic and what's going on, and then mm-hmm. enforce policy. And that's definitely how we see the network contributing. Well, there's no boundaries. If you want your yeah. mobile, yep, exactly. that, that was the thing that yeah. I took away no from the session. No perimeter anymore. There's no that's perimeter. Sad. Where's the yep. boundary if someone's got a tablet on campus on my Wi-Fi sure. and then they take it home and they're working at home? Almost like a borderless network. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ouch. Ooh, okay. Burns. Burns. <laughs> then, but, yeah, but then when you, take right, that, yeah. when you take that device to the gym and you're in the, you know, yeah taking a break in the in the gentleman's room, you might pull your device out and check your email. Sure. That still work, right? So all of a sudden your boundary just extended yeah. to the gentleman's room in the local gym because you happen to be there. That's right. So the idea of where's your firewall at that point, you know, it's in the device, but that's not physically yeah. in a place. So security's got to change. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's a, that's a good trend. That's also mm. why we're thinking so much around um, cloud-based services. Uh, cloud management is one thing, but also services in the cloud. Mm. And so, you know, not again today, but you can think about a world where what if I could do more of my policy enforcement in the cloud for a certain segment of users and not have to take them back to my premise? Mm. And then also partnering with cloud based security and other services. So it's definitely something. Yeah, you're talking about machine learning and artificial intelligence. The, The great thing about the cloud in terms of security threats or security threat analysis is if you can pull together the data from a million sources, you can actually look for patterns as they emerge, not identify them like virus scanning, which is a week after the virus is found, you finally (laughs) post a fix. But if you see a pattern emerge from a million different endpoints, you can say that's "That's probably a virus and start doing rectification. And that's one of, in fact, I'm not a huge proponent of the cloud, but I think that's probably one of the use cases of the cloud, which is really yeah, powerful. I think so. Well, yeah. let's wrap up the switching part of the discussion here. We sure, wander yeah, yeah. all around. We kept, we kept going back. I'll come Bring back to it back switching. into the, yeah. the switching. So, so in summary, we've got the Aruba switching platform. Sounds like it's going away. So the mobility access switch is going to go away uh, over time. And, and that was your own yeah. custom ASICs and some magic you did there. No, sorry, that was the, so the Aruba switch was the mobility access switch, and that yep. will be going away over time. Mm-hmm. The ProVision-based switches will be called Aruba switches, and yes. ProVision OS is going to be called Aruba OS switch. That OS is being significantly enhanced uh, in terms of core switching features and uh, five tracks of uh, integration with Aruba, and I still didn't get to do all five. <laughs> so if you let me, I will. If you don't, that's okay. Um, get and your so, bullets in. <laughs> so those will, be the, uh, those will be the Aruba switches moving forward, uh-huh. and we will uh, continue to offer Comware. So two switching lines, one that's tightly integrated with mobile first, the Aruba line, 
and one that's really focused on, you could say, traditional features and performance, and that'll be the Flex Network line. Speeds and feeds. and Speeds yep. and feeds, yeah. And then uh, I think as you were alluding to about, you know, where does mm. that fit, we actually do see that fitting in the campus and data center as well mm. because there's some customers who say, okay, what I really need to have is, you know, this type of protocol with this type of, uh, you know, you know, 60 VRF instances or whatever it is that they mm-hmm. specifically require. Uh, wireless is an overlay in my world. I want to have wired and wireless be separate. I don't like this unified discussion. It's not helpful for me. Mm. You know, and, and in those cases for performance, for features, actually Flex Network is the right, the right portfolio and we'll mm-hmm. continue to offer that. Okay. It's, it's, it's the, yeah, that's, a really, that's another discussion for another day where the old way of networking and the new way of networking yeah. haven't quite... Yeah, there's a collision which we, there, and, which, we know, recognize, which we well, recognize. If that's what the customer wants, yeah. we'll, you know, that's right. Then let's have something to give them. Yeah, that so, they can buy. Are we ready to push ahead to talk about wireless then? Well, I still want to do my five integration oh, what's points. What's your five? Okay. So we had Airwave. That was one. Yeah. Yep. We had Wireless Better Together, which was two, and you had asked about that. That was yes. like the rogue AP f- mm. uh, example. Number three would be ClearPass. And so today, uh, with our wireless infrastructure, you come on, you have a certain experience in terms of AAA. Uh, authentication, captive portal options, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the short version is we're going to have that wired experience be just like wireless. And so you can have guests plugging in in conference rooms. You can have whatever it will be and move more and more to true colorless ports uh, via tight ClearPass integration. Now, and ClearPass is, I mean, that's a, that's a unique Aruba product for yes. people that are not familiar with it. Give us the quick overview of what ClearPass is. Sure. So ClearPass does radius. And, you know, can be considered network access control. You know, some NAC is a bad word. But it actually does a lot around um, identity, you know, applying identity and access control to specific devices and also integrating with workflows, especially guest onboarding and BYOD. So if you have a case where someone's coming in with a device, then ClearPass is who would uh, handle the authentication of that device, put it I, in the I right I know what, access. based on the profile, I know what this yeah. kind of thing, what it is. Yeah, like, and- okay, this is a you know, iOS-based device, mm. uh, the user appears to be an employee that checks out, as I've, you know, looked at Active Directory. Uh, therefore, I'm going to give this user the following access rights. And what that also allows us to do is once we have that, we can then share identity with other parts of the network or security infrastructure. You can actually extend that into a SAML infrastructure right. too. So you can That's start right. to pass from ClearPass into, so if you've got SAML-enabled apps, yeah. you can actually define application levels into the app at the back end. So this is my corporate app, you can have this access to it. There's That's a range, right, yeah. and your ClearPass is also extending into partnerships. So we saw the announcement this morning, there was a whole bunch of partnerships with different security providers That's right, yeah. to snap into, into ClearPass for other stuffs. Yeah. If you want application filtering or malware detection, ClearPass will yeah. work with third-party providers That's right. for that. And I mean, for me, I always found that would be one of the more intuitive integrations. You know, sometimes technology companies will say, hey, we integrate with these companies, but you're not sure what that mm. means. Yeah. But, you know, Fire, for firewalls to be able to use identity in firewalling, that's pretty useful. Yes. Right? Or uh, you know, for us to do role-based access depending on MDM mm-hmm. information, is that device jailbroken or not? That's, that's pretty obviously useful. Yeah. You, and so, and the, so you can bring yeah. in context to access so for those control decisions you, and export identity yeah, to That's others. really powerful because pretty, um, pretty clear. I'm thinking about things like Palo Alto, who is SAML. They understand yeah, SAML, right? right? And they're a partner. That's right. So you can actually, when you hit, uh, hit the Palo Alto, you can present your SAML and the SAML authentication process will then say, oh, you're this category, you get these firewall rules associated right, with your exactly. traffic. And you, Although we don't have a security perimeter, we do when we're using a firewall. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going in there, we're going to get, but there, people yeah, still yeah. want that, right? People still want a firewall at a, at right. a border point. Yeah. Maybe you've got some legacy stuff that you still need to support. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think firewalls aren't going anywhere. Mm. What is gaining, I think, I wouldn't say gaining traction, but we get more and more questions and interest from customers mm. is around this, quote, zero trust network. Mm. Or, you know, I'm not going to have a trusted and an untrusted portion, but mm. rather I'm going to always, based on context, be constantly paranoid. <laughs> I'm going to just check, you know, <laughs> is this okay or is this not okay at this moment, at this time, for this person, for this resource? Yep. And we see the combination of ClearPass and some of these partner integrations as, mm. as a great way to answer that zero trust. I guess, in I, the guess I could put a Palo Alto firewall in front of my one app server that doesn't do any of the modern stuff. You use that as a SAML. You could. And they have virtual ones, have one per. That could work. That's right, yeah. Mm, that type of. That's yeah, yeah. The, so ClearPass is actually as much of a platform as it is a product in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah, if yeah. you choose to run it that way, you could design it that way if you want. Absolutely. Right. So I think where we got there was ClearPass integration with the wired. All mm, these yeah. great things yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about mm. will apply to wired traffic, whether mm. it's guest or unknown or IoT, just like wireless. Yep. So that's another one. I can't remember which number I'm on now, but that was three. That, that was, was three. three. Yep. It was only three. So I did Airwave, ClearPass, and Wireless. We should really together. move on. We, well, I think <laughs> he's got to get through the points. He's, 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 he's not back. giving up. He's well, not you, giving guys, up. you guys keep asking me. <laughs> <interesting> <laughs> questions, so, you know, I'll get through it. The fourth is uh, for cloud management. Yep. And so Aruba Central is the cloud management platform, and the short an- the short version of that integration is those switches will be manageable via the cloud. So just like we would have, you know, Aruba oh, Wi-Fi managed from the cloud. Yep. Uh, and as if you're familiar or if those aren't familiar, it's the same exact hardware and same exact kind of underlying capabilities as the on-prem managed. So same thing with the switching. It'll be the same hardware. So you don't have to choose, do I want the cloud-managed hardware or the on-prem hardware? It's more, let me get the right hardware, which has a certain set of capabilities, and then maybe this portion I'll manage via cloud and this Does portion Does that give on-prem. me fancy things like... Uh... Remote license management or zero-touch deployment, maybe? Yeah, absolutely zero-touch deployment, for sure. Mm. Um, But the other nice thing is you can standardize on one set of capabilities and one set of infrastructure. And then in your smaller remote sites, manage it via the cloud, and your bigger campuses manage that in your traditional manner. And then if you want to switch something in the future, you can. Mm. Right, so it's... It's, you know, we've got great flexibility in that way. I like that for the branch networking thing, you know, when you've got... 500 sites littered across the globe and you've got to manage the switches in those yeah. places and using the cloud actually makes a, a great deal of sense in that. That's right. That's where we see it. Yeah. I would think that's a stronger, you know, just to sort of turn that into something where if you were thinking about why you would manage from the cloud, that would be one of yeah. the most often, most common. Yeah, I think it's the the remote, like large number of small sites. Mm. For me as a most, uh, if I was a customer, I would do that, definitely. If I was a managed service yeah. provider, I'd be all over that like a, like a fungal rash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but if I were a managed service <laughs> provider, I would definitely pursue that. <laughs> all right, let's go to number five. Let's go to number five. Let's get number, to five number five is uh, zero-touch provisioning, yep. which you, know, you alluded to in the cloud-managed area, but actually you can do zero-touch provisioning in any case. So you can do DHCP-based mm. or using the Aruba Activate service, which is a cloud-based service. And the reason I mention it is not that we can't do zero-touch provision today. We actually can um, through a different approach, but this would be exactly the same as with the wireless APs. Mm-hmm. So now you can drop into a site wireless and wired access, and both of them in the same service and same approach are zero-touch provisioned. Now, when that switch shows up in the box, does it already know? Was it already pre-provisioned from the factory as uh, participating in this particular customer network, or do I have to do something to it so that when I ship it to that remote, sure. it comes up? So DHCP based, you know, you'd have to give it the right uh, pointer in your internal network. Mm-hmm. Like for example, via Airwave, you could tell it where Airwave, where that customer's Airwave is, um, which you could pre-stage. Like, like a DHCP option, yeah. You mean? yeah. So you could pre-stage, uh, but the Aruba Activate service, you wouldn't need to do that. You would actually just need to make sure that your config is posted to the Activate service in the cloud, 
And then uh, because we would know which device was shipped to that particular customer, then that device would reach into the Activate service. And it's activate. got a unique identifier. It has of some a unique sort. identifier, and the Activate service says, "I know who you are." Yeah. Okay, you are you belong to customer ABC, and therefore here is your proper configuration. Fig. And so that's how that works. So that's the five. That's the five. <laughs> that's the five. <laughs> we did it. We got official there. messaging done. All right. <laughs> well, and, and those are all important, and, and it's it, it really highlights what HPE has bought into here with mm-hmm. this acquisition because you know, one of the things I notice is that there's an incredible amount of Aruba technology that isn't getting thrown away. Oh, it's getting bet on in a big way to be attractive yeah, to enterprise yeah. customers that are already familiar with Aruba, bring them into the fold, and those that aren't going, there's a lot to like here. Yeah, I mean, so, what we've done just to build out is we've rationalized the hardware, but we've expanded the reach of the software. That's like the short version of the way we've integrated. We have fewer product lines for mm-hmm. hardware, and we have more reach of software. But you, so you have a couple of other WLAN lines in the company today. Yes. Customers going to migrate across, or you're going to hold on to the, you know, so sustain yeah. the existing. So there's stuff. the Aruba Wireless, and then we have the MSM portfolio, which mm. came originally from a Calubris acquisition, mm-hmm. and then what we call the Unified Wired and Wireless or UWW portfolio, which mm. is Comware based. Yep. Uh, and so moving forward, we will only be kind of investing in and, and marketing the Aruba portfolio. Right. So and, for the customers who are on MSM and Unified, you know, we ab- those are actually absolutely continue to be supported. In fact, they can still be purchased to complete deployments. Uh, Airwave will manage those. And so over time, you can actually have a quote. It's not really multi-vendor anymore, hmm. but you could have a mixed uh, environment as you adopt Aruba you know, wireless over time. So there's a migration strategy That's away. Right, yeah. It's yeah. not sudden death. It's not, we're out of that. No, not at all. Yeah. You need to support but, it. There's some really sizable installations out there. I oh, know absolutely. some folks yeah. that are, really love the, yeah. old, the old brand name, That's Colubris, right, yeah. uh, That's right. and, and we're really happy with that stuff. Yeah. Even though there hasn't been a ton of development going on, they still use it and like it. Right. Hmm. That's right. But going forward... But going forward, to be clear, yeah, it's Aruba Wireless. Aruba, got it. Yep. Well, let's move the conversation ahead to network management then. HP, we know the IMC story pretty well. I uh, heard a lot about that product right. in uh, the last few years. It does a lot. It integrates with a lot. It claims to be multi-vendor. It is. How does that fit in with the Aruba world? Sure. So we looked at this problem uh, or opportunity, you know, depending on your take here, pretty carefully. Uh, and because we had a lot of very early feedback from customers, we'd like a single pane of glass. So when we double-click into that, uh, everyone wants all the capabilities of every product for every possible use case and for it to be super easy to use and for it to be based on the product that they already own. <laughs> and so this yeah. presented a little bit of a, a, a challenge for us. It looks well, more like a stained glass so? window. Yeah, Multi-layered single pane of glass. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. That's right. So where we're coming out to is um, just really appreciating where each product is very strong. So Airwave is a best-of-breed wireless monitoring and management solution. And IMC is really a best-of-breed deep, you could say deep wired, but also, frankly, broad. And so for those, again, uh, who, have, who may have listened to packet pushers in the past, or other research, you'll know that IMC can do WAN. It can do uh, kind of SDN virtual physical topologies. It does data center. Uh, it does network traffic analysis. Just a huge uh, swath of capabilities there. And also automation. It exposes an API and it does that a lot of automation. To, That's right. And uh, be the center point where you, you write to IMC. IMC writes your changes out. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then in terms of multi-vendor, IMC is absolutely multi-vendor. And I don't have the numbers in my head, but I think it's... 100-some vendors and 6,000 products from mm-hmm. multi-vendors that are supported. I may have gotten the, you know, it might be multiple it's hundreds insane. of vendors. It's an insanely, you and, know. And Airwave on the wireless side is multi-vendor, so it supports all the major wireless lines. The way we're seeing that moving forward is for what I'd characterize as a basic campus deployment, meaning I'm really focused on wireless, 
I want to make sure I can do troubleshooting there, but I need to get my switches just deployed, you know, configured properly, and then be available for troubleshooting, but I don't want to do anything too fancy. For that, we will make Airwave over time as a single pane of glass for campus. For an advanced campus where you want to do um, access into campus core or you need some of those deeper capabilities, you'd complement Airwave with IMC. And we're doing some stuff around uh, context-sensitive cross-launch to make that easier uh, and more seamless. But in fact, we see each product is very complementary. Mm. And then finally, for uh, you know, the data center area, that's where we wouldn't see Airwave playing, but actually more like IMC and OneView coming together over time. And so it, it won't be one tool, but it will be one workflow. And that's where we've had kind of good feedback from customers. Because if we actually tried to integrate, we end up slowing things down. But by doing, uh, by doing this approach, we feel like we're getting the best of both in a, in a fairly simple way. That's fairly straightforward compared to your competitors. So a couple of competitors have one product in this BU and one product in this BU and another product right. in this BU, and none of them talk together. But well, we have the same thing. It's just we have only one BU. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's maybe which, which, the advantage. Which is actually quite significant, <laughs> yeah, right? Because right, yeah. you know, yeah. they might have a software product from this one, which, right. and there's another one over here which is ground-up developed, but none of them talk together, and it's actually quite confusing to work out which one's yeah. which. And they all compete with each other, and right. you're not 100% sure where you stand. So that's a very... Like, yeah. Although it sounds confusing initially, why have I got you know two yeah, products? It's two. And, but it's actually at least they. I mean, you're saying the cross-launch stuff yeah. where they pass off between each other. Yeah. Matt starts to look like one. You don't actually want to weld them together because if you try and make a single pane of glass, you end up sacrificing something because the workflow for one That's functionality right. starts to subtract from the other. That's you know, right. Yeah. The the sort of the way that the the user experience looks for a rogue AP detection doesn't really apply to the physical underlay. Of a you know a spanning tree network that That's you right, might yeah. be building, you know, or any, a, a, yeah. a flexnet deployment, and it would be possible to do a full and true integration of all the code bases. And we struggle to articulate, or I struggle personally, as a, to what benefit. Right? Well, like if we kind of you know stop or slow other development to just munch them together, right? So that it well, appears. Really, are we talking about management here, or um, you know, monitoring here more than anything else? Because I. I what about policy management? Because I could say, what if I want policy to extend to be the same on wired and wireless, which, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Okay, where am so I going to do that? So if we talk about policy in terms of who can access what, and that's what you mean by policy, Yes. then that's where ClearPass uh, comes in for us. And so you can set basic policies actually otherwise, but um, we see ClearPass as being a powerful tool uh, for that. Um, and actually... In that one, uh, the workflows, again, we get good feedback from customers around actually enjoying that as, as the tool that it is in terms of the workflows there for guest onboarding and so on. But, yeah, that is, that is actually okay. another product. So, but no, it, it is kind of a holistic, pol- very policy-focused uh, product. And it's going to be different yeah. tools to do different things depending right. on what it is. Yeah. Right, so yeah. ClearPass is going to give me my policy management, yeah. uh, and it's going to be unified across wired and wireless. IMC is going to give me my you know, deep wired right. network, that management view that I'm familiar That's with. Right. Maybe some automation, maybe, you know, depending on how I'm leveraging the tool, yeah, as uh, reporting. As much as you want, yeah. Uh, and then Airwave. Right, Airwave, thank you, <laughs> yeah, is going to manage my wireless infrastructure. Yep. And again, that's multi-vendor too. That's not just a Ruber branded APs. That's, that's, right. that's multi-vendor. And it's so now I've got really three different tools doing similar and related things. Uh, but they're the best at what they do, and they do speak to one another. That's right, yeah, yeah. And also, I would say most customers I personally talk to do see the NMS world 
as not necessarily where they want all their deep policy products. So that, that's one where actually I would even say we've seen a preference for those to be apart in terms of ClearPass, because sometimes that will be a different team or they just like mm-hmm. the workflow to be different. Because with, it's, it's more security-focused yeah, and right, yeah. we decided to partition that's right. the security people to do that and keep that yeah. out of the hands of the yeah, network So usually folks. when I talk about management, yeah. I talk about um, the monitoring, the management, the mm. configuration, the status, the troubleshooting. And then policy, you know, definitely think of, we're starting to think about that really as a security policy. But maybe it'll come together over flows. time. I think that, it can, that yeah. the convergence will happen, you know, as we move yeah. forward. It's not going to be something that we get to today. That's right. And it's going to take time for networking to change. That's right, yeah. In, you know, and the campus ultimately is, is not electric. You know, it doesn't actually iterate itself every three years like the data center seems to. <laughs> you know, um, or yeah. the data center seems to be attracting a lot of attention. And there's some focus, you know, mind you, it's been attracting a lot of attention for five years, so maybe they're going to stop doing that and start focusing on the rest of networking. We'll see. It'll <laughs> be interesting one. Well, as the campus and branch guy, I think it's a fun area. So <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of interesting because you're right in terms of the attention on data center, hmm. but the amount of interest and focus we've had on policy especially, I and guess the, the security is, and this is the security thing really. It's not yeah. a, I want to make the network better. It means I've got to get this security problem yeah. solved out to the edge. Well, if you think about what have been the really well-publicized and disastrous security breaches, actually those all, I shouldn't say all because I don't know all of them, but most of them came in from the edge. Hmm. Like an HVAC system in a store yep. or a pause uh, point of sale, you or know, a system access. in a store, remote access. Compr- you know, it took a low-level yeah, so ex- remote access. And you know, if you just kind of, it. fortress data center is not the right answer anymore. In terms of security, it's got to be, you know, what's my policy approach and how do I recognize that I have users yeah. going to cloud services? I, I don't think there's anybody over. in, uh, no one really thinks that way anymore. I, I don't think. Yeah. The, the people who well, have been paying I, attention. So the reason I mention just, it is that it, it does tie to campus and branch innovation, it, is it, the reason I mention it. But, but even data center right. operators are thinking That's now, right. I can't trust, I have no, there is no such thing as the trusted That's zone. Right. I got to yeah, examine yeah. all my east west traffic. I got to assume yeah, within breach. The data center and, even, yeah. The micro segmentation trends and so on. Absolutely. Exactly, right. Exactly right. Right. This is just another iteration of that yeah, yeah. from the perspective of yeah. I'm not trusting these people that are wherever they are. Yeah. And the firewall is a border. That's an old idea. Yeah. It still has a use, but now we've got to rethink all of that. Yeah. It seems that's the way everybody's thinking now. Yeah, Wherever you right. are, we've got to give you secure access to your data, not rely on these uh, mm. <laughs> pain-in-the-butt firewalls with thousands <laughs> of rules that sit there and yeah, age. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll and have to start thinking about firewalls as more of a service than a location. I actually see them as a monitoring point. Okay, yeah, interesting. I actually, I actually interesting. just see them as an analytics node at the moment. You know, we put them at points and we force flows through them. And sure, they've got some policy. Yeah. That's an expensive way to do monitoring, but I see your, I see your point that you get that benefit out of it. You get the logging. Yeah, that's you right. You know, you get the ability to pull yeah. out a, a state. like a, a, Because everything goes through to the control right. point, you actually, it's the, the best sort of logging, but I guess you're right. You'd be much better <laughs> off using a dedicated packet capture device than you would a firewall. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they but are yeah, a everyone, way of, Everyone needs firewalls still in the way things are structured. I, I, the point here is you have to start thinking about what type of firewall do you want. That's right, yeah. Right? So there are firewalls which do simple stateful inspection. There's, you know, simple packet filtering firewalls. Mm-hmm. There's firewalls that do application inspection, you know, asymptotic expense you know, you can, <laughs> right? On J-curve. As soon as yeah. you get up to application inspection, you need vast amounts of compute. You That's need right, application yeah. recognition engines that are able to, you know, analyze and, you know, and then you've got to have enormous databases or repositories of knowledge about what represents an application because the apps themselves are changing so fast. That's right. And because 
as we get to things like everything's just HTTP and DNS, you can't tell from the actual protocol or the payload. Yeah, no, it's those the days of showing you know here's my application analysis and here's hmm. the portion of, and here's HTTP as an application. I think that's got to that's <laughs> yeah, got to and it was forward. less than ten percent. <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah. Yeah, that sort of stuff's <laughs> yeah. going forward. So I guess the next phase that we want to talk about is how HPE and Aruba are going to change the way they work with customers. Sure. Because that's an interesting discussion in itself. HPE's model of engaging has always been focused on the partners or the resellers right. community and getting to them that way. Aruba's done the same thing. I mean, you know, here we're talking uh, at the conference that we're at, we're at Aruba Atmosphere, one third of it is end users, one third is HPE partners and resellers. So it's all about that transformation because mm-hmm. the sales channel is important. And if the reason that's important to listen, I know the engineers are probably going, Greg, why is Greg talking about sales? And the answer is <sighs> that financial viability is part of what defines your product success. Yeah. Right? So you have to think about how your suppliers' financial patterns going because you need to buy into that financial strategy. So that's right. how does that look going forward? Well, I think you, you kind of hinted at the answer up front mm-hmm. when you said both companies totally committed to the channel and the partner model. So HPE uh, and Aruba both historically, you know, very focused on the channel. So that continues 100%. Mm. And so where we're going to do, I think, a better job moving forward, if I could put it in those terms, is around technical enablement uh, into the technical partners. Mm. So I think what we've done is we've said, here's a great uh, set of products and here's a great story. Now, you know, go for it. Uh, and if you want, we have services for you in some do you know what You know what I just heard there? Yeah. I'm not going to use the HPE website. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't mean to be cruel, Uh-oh. but yeah, that's, Michael. I think the other that's thing, not a key element moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> the old HP website. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I think I heard you just say there was you're going to be more of a technical resource to your partners. Does that mean training, not just here's a product you can sell, right. go forth and sell, but actually here's the product, here's what it actually does. Get the engineers down there engaged yeah. that they're going to be evangelists for the product. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a better job of that moving forward. We do some of it today, and we're not going to be perfect tomorrow, but we're going to be focused on that exactly, which is networking. We do see some of these transformations, right, around mobile first, mobility, security policy, all the things we talked about. Uh, And we think that customers have real problems that they need help from trusted advisor partners to solve, and we want to help those partners. And so that's the focus. uh, As someone who once worked for Avar, if you do that, if that's the approach you take, you'll win deals because it's the engineers that are going into their customers. The customers trust that engineer, and the engineer says, okay, we're trying to do this for you guys. You know what? I just finished training on you know, ClearPass or whatever yeah. it was. We can we can absolutely make this work. You should we should do a, a yeah. you know a bake off or we should do some kind of an eval and uh, and get this thing in the door, as opposed to again not to pick on HP, but boy, I've had some sales experiences where I'd start asking questions that weren't all that deep, and really the sales guys dried up quick, and mm. I, it was very difficult to get an answer. Um, that I needed to know how to okay. evaluate the product effectively. So if you put the energy into the channel and give the knowledge to those people that are talking to their customers, you'll have people on your side that are willing to, yeah. uh, again, evangelize for that product. And I, I think that's going to go very well. Well, that's absolutely the plan. And even this week, we had a lot of great, you know, someone on one that I've had and also group sessions with the partners. And it's been consistent feedback that that is something that's wanted, just technical enablement and support. Mm. Uh, and we, you know, have already had plans for that, and we'll we'll drive that. So keep an eye out for us, and you and uh, all the folks listening, please give us feedback about where we need to continue to do better. Oh, I, I mean, I was looking at the Aruba website, and there's all these validated designs. 
Just so it, if you that's a really if you check it out, you'll start to see more end-to-end validated designs mm. as we move forward. And we do have some that are actually internal only for now, but that are more end-to-end and talking about this full story. And so, absolutely, we're going to br- be bringing that in and make it as easy as possible. That's I'm glad you found those. I, yeah, no, I yeah. just I hope you do them because they really help. They're the things that when I was working in the field and I was a network architect for mm-hmm. a big company, and I knew I needed to do something. I can't be an expert at every single product in the market, but I can no. read the validated design yes. guides and I can get 80% yeah. yes, out exactly of 100%. Right. And even if you could figure it out on your own, is that really the best use of your time? Uh, no, you, you know, know downloading. Starting the, with a valid reference design and building from it. And then adapting. Yeah. You know, and right. then, you know, I would get 80% of my basic yeah, yeah, design sure. would be out of the validated design. Right. And then I'd deviate 20% exactly. into something that, yeah. you know, because we had some weird heirloom, you know, system in the back room that just didn't do something or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> but those are the sorts of things yeah. that you can do. And I think I'd like to see much more of that because as an architect designer or sort of professional development process, I read those mm-hmm. to find out what your technology is doing. And it yeah. takes a huge number of unknowns out of the equation. You know, if you grew up in the Cisco ecosystem, let's say, and you were trained in that and that's what you know and you're familiar with, you have a certain comfort level there. Right. And then you go to a competing product. If you haven't been trained, you're not familiar, you're like, oh, gosh, I'm not sure. I'll just stick with what I know. Right. You have a validated design in front of you. All of a sudden, the pieces start to fall in place. Right. The Lego blocks come together, and now you have the, a system in your head, and you can kind of mm. sense how right. this is all supposed to work. You can and break you down have the fear confidence. of change. Yeah, you yeah. can really yeah. break down the fear of change. I there. think that's great. Oh. And and just you know, kind of go on record here is we're aware that we got to do a better job on the eight, the traditional HP networking side on documentation. Mm. So we do know that that's something we need to do better on. Yeah. And as I think you were kind of alluding to, we've got these great models with validated solution designs and reference mm. designs, and we're going to be doing a better job on that. So that's another yeah. focus. You talked about partner technical enablement, yeah. but even either for the partner or direct to the customer, mm. better documentation. And because we can't immediately document everything perfectly yeah. tomorrow, we're going to focus that documentation on more of the solution. And while uh, you're here, because you're in charge of some of this, right? You're yeah. way up the food chain. <laughs> I'm not big on the culture personality because, you know, whatever. But, you know, airheads, that dialogue going in there, people solving people's problems is really, really huge. Yeah. I got, I, I, you know, I skimmed through a, a lot of that stuff prepping and thinking about it. Are looking. you an airhead? Did you join? Uh, not yet, no. It's, so we have 41,000 members, 10,000 new in the last mm-hmm, year. You mm-hmm. can be 41,001. I could be. I could be. <laughs> it could be you. He's putting these, he's throwing it right back at me. This there you isn't go, fair. Yeah. Here, I, I put the challenge out to him and said, make sure you keep that going because it's an yeah. incredibly powerful resource. It is, yeah. You know, uh, I've got a problem. You put it out there, people come back. You might get, yeah. now admittedly, the, there's challenges in that dialogue because some of the answers can be wrong or incorrect. Well, just, that's where we've got the, I think that, you know, it's like sort of the kudos, it's called. So mm. you can see which solutions are kudoed a lot. Mm. And those are trustworthy, and then maybe some others aren't. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's all the benefits and cons of a community. But it is mm. it is a robust area to ask questions. Yeah, that airhead thing is, yeah. you know, I know I've had talked to other people in the, the community around us, and they've been pretty big on that airheads thing and doing yeah. stuff. Very it's much like, related to that. You were talking about technical enablement and support. I would see airheads as part of that support. What, what else did you mean by support for partners and whoever else? So some of the things we were looking at are um, more, you could think of as channel SEs, right? So people whose job is to do technical enablement directly for channel partners. Another is um, better job on some of the certifications, right, that we go out uh, and do. So Aruba has some strong certifications, HP as well, but bringing those together and uh, being more, uh, you know, aggressive, I guess you could say, around helping channel partners get those. Mm. 
uh, is another. And then these reference designs would be a third example with documentation. And then Airheads we see as a community that stitches it all together. And the huge benefit selfishly is, you know, it kind of builds its own value, hmm. uh, you know, exponentially as we get more membership there. So those are some of the, some of the ways we're looking at that. Well, Michael, thanks a lot for joining us today. I think that brings us to a really good place to end as we consider the roadmap, what the product lines are going to look like now that uh, HP has acquired Aruba and so on. And it's a real interesting story that you guys are telling now. So anyway, uh, one of the questions we ask all our guests is whether or not they're social. Twitter account, do you blog, anything like that, Michael? So I do occasionally do blogs, but I don't actually have a, a Twitter account or anything. I'm a bit of a privacy paranoiac. So I don't. Uh, I know I why you that. say that. <laughs> I can't not be on Twitter because of my job, but yeah, I kind of get where you're coming yeah, from. There. All yeah. right. And uh, and if people want to find out more about Aruba Networks, uh, where should they go? Sure, ArubaNetworks.com is a great place to start. And we we mentioned Airheads a couple times. I would definitely suggest going and and looking at the Airheads community, which is also available online. Yeah, and Greg, when you went and found Validated Designs and so on, that's yep. was it RubenNetworks.com? Yeah, it was, and just started clicking around, and it just all came up. It seemed to bubble up quite naturally. I didn't have some, you know, company with 45 <laughs> different business units. and That was actually my experience as well. As yep. I was drilling through, I went in there, and everything was very easy to find, very, mm. uh, very logical, easy to find. Everything I was looking for, mm. quite modern, and I didn't get buried in a labyrinth like I did on some of the older HP <laughs> I find it very difficult. I actually spent most of my time searching on Google to find stuff on the HP website. It was yeah. quite, you know, and still not finding. I do as it. well. To be yeah. honest. so yeah. it's it's a bit of a right, yeah. you know, with all the respect in the world, that need fixing. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, that is it for the Packet Pushers Priority Queue this week, and we thank Aruba, our sponsor today. You can listen to this and many more technical podcasts for IT engineers at PacketPushers.net. Please tell your friends about the show. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.